Welcome back to the Basement Boys and Girls. You are now tuned into the best podcast made in a basement in Washington, D.C., involving cats, beer, and unintelligent thoughts. And you know, uh, reconsidering that, it sounds like just about every podcast ever made. Uh, but lucky for us, you are tuned into ours, and that is Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I am your host, Kevin, as usual. Uh, the past few weeks, we've been uh, sort of hitting it hard with the interviews, and we got some more great interviews to come. Uh, in, the, in the coming weeks, but this week we're going to get back into the album reviews. Uh, we're going to be talking about Joanna Newsom's new one, uh, Divers. We're going to be talking about uh, Proto Martyr has a new album out. Uh, Proto Martyr uh, was one of Paul's favorite bands, I think, last year. It ended up in his top 10, so uh, we're going to see how, check in with them and see how they're doing. Also, have a uh, going to be playing a new track for a band uh, local to DC called Luray. Um, they are a uh, sort of a spooky folk banjoy type of thing. Uh, make some gorgeous music. They have a new EP coming out uh, called Sandcastle Man. So we've got the uh, title track from that for you to check out. Uh, they also, there's a little bit of confusion. Um, they were supposed to be playing a show at uh, Six and I. I uh, haven't really figured out what happened, but that show is not happening now. You'll hear us talk about it later on. Uh, the show is still going to go on. Uh, it is going to be going on with the wonderful fellow creatures as well. Uh, but it looks like the venue might have got moved. So we're going to put a link in the show notes and keep you updated on that. But the uh, point is, if you dig the track, go see him on uh, November 8th. It's pretty easy like calculus there. So uh, without further ado, I think we're just going to get to it. So this is uh, episode number 140 of Chunky Glasses, the podcast. We're reviewing new albums from Joanna Newsom and Proto Martyr. Here we go. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man Nearly a two-word review just a shit sandwich. That right there is a logical fallacy. If I search for Prince, is this uh, is this gonna? Oh yeah, it'll come up. All right, just search for. Are we Prince going into Prince Instagram. is a dick territory? Prince, of course. Okay. All right. Well, I may. His, his Instagram didn't descent. look very dickish when I was no, when no, I was looking at it. You guys ready? Yep. Let's oh, do wait, the stance. Sapo. So we got we got Prince Instagram. Sapo Canacan. Is that how I say it? Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um. Patrick, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me back into the cage. Paul? Yes? You've been gone a little while. I have been. So, some things have changed. What's um, changed? Well, you're, you're, we had used to have 11 listeners. Mm-hmm. Now we got like 2,000. What? So you, so, you need, yeah, so you need to go back to wherever the fuck you were. <laughs> we have 2,000, like total? Yeah, I mean, no. Well, <laughs> <laughs> 2,000 people have ever listened? Now we're getting about 1,000 a month. Did this spike right after the Phil Cook incident? It might have. 
Uh, I prefer to say it spiked after the last the people knew Paul was leaving. Oh, mm. so but that's well, true. Well, well, sorry, this will definitely uh, bring, bring it back, back down. Yeah. We're getting the anti-Paul bump. No, you've been gone. You were on your honeymoon, so it was. It was nice. Yeah, it was. You guys went all over uh, like uh, Cambodia, Hong and, Kong, Vietnam, Cambodia. It was good times. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, actually, nothing has changed. <laughs> uh, we I have think people... Kevin and I are wearing the same shirt. Yeah, actually. we have. Nice. Bands. Well done, Jim. We have bands down here. Uh, we got we got some albums we want to talk about this week uh, because we have been hitting it sort of heavy on the interviews. I think some great ones. The uh, Johnny Grave one went up two days ago from taping this. Uh, also, by the way, National Cat Day. So cats will be down. We we should have done meow the jewels. Fuck. Apparently on National Cat Day, you can get an Uber to deliver you a kitten. Yes, you can. That seems highly problematic. <laughs> I know. I know. My, my dog calls that seamless web. You, right you know what that is? You know what that is? That's a way to stealthily get rid of Roddy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Roddy. Hey, hey, Roddy, we ordered an Uber. <laughs> what's, this, what's in this thing? What's in oh. um, No, we're... we're uh, so, anyways... Yeah, we got a couple albums to talk about this week. We are, uh, we're going to be talking about Joanna Newsom. Uh, she has a new album called Divers, and uh, Eduardo was going to be here. And hilariously, I asked him to prepare a written statement because he couldn't make it. Uh, and he, he delivered sort of this like epic like thesis statement. So he is now a uh, PhD in Joanna Newsom. Uh, hopefully, I'll figure out how to format it. We'll publish it on the site. We're also going to be talking about uh, Proto Martyr's new album. Uh, they have a new album called Agent Intellect. I think their last album was on your top ten ball. It was. Yeah. Undercover undercover of huh? official right. And uh, after that, we're going to be playing a uh, song by Lou Ray. They have a show coming up with uh, fellow creatures who we've been trying to get down here for a while, as well as Shannon Carey. Uh, right now, though, I think Prince is a Dick might be back. Like we were saying, Prince to Graham, hit the, uh, hit the airwaves. Uh, you know, a guy who's famous of hating the internet and taking everything down and suing and what whatnot opened up a cleverly titled Instagram account called Princegram. Uh, have you guys looked at any of them? Because I, I, I haven't. I've okay. looked at a few. So, so what are we talking about here? Uh, the chocolate overdose I thought was funny. Where can I find this? Oh, have you not looked at it? No, I haven't. <laughs> That's what I'm... Oh. And, I, uh, and honestly, I... put in oh, wait, okay. chocolate overdose. He's right. like laying on the ground with... Some chocolate candy spilling out of a box. He's like face down, and the caption just says "chocolate overdose." I thought that was funny. It's a lot of also, good. It's a lot of little jokes. Yeah, shouldn't there be now at this point a Prince is a dick jingle that you play whenever we go down this path? <laughs> we haven't got that far okay. yet. Um, it's not in the budget. <laughs> well, our budget of zero. Um, why? Why now? <laughs> why? Why Prince? Why now? Uh, my guess is because uh, he's just trying to find a way to sue every aggregator in the <laughs> industry. <laughs> Wait, is this a honeypot? Oh, yeah. He's going to wave. Everybody's printing a story in a week. <laughs> Lawsuits for everyone. Are you, you think he can sue? Uh, I mean, you guys are the lawyers. You think I mean, he can no, sue I mean, uh, you, audio you, stuff? You, we're you, talking about it. We aren't. You, you, wait, what? No, we're not. No. <laughs> I am not an IP lawyer. Um, actually, this is I, fair use. Fair, fair use. Face, fair use. Uh, Prince is looking mighty purple in this one and purple in this one. Nice. Ooh, sweet stash, bro. Uh, now light-skinned dudes roll dice. 
<laughs> I've looked at like two of them. I look. Hires my counter. Mm-hmm. Why not Prince? Why not now? What do we call me when Prince opens a Snapchat account? <laughs> <laughs> Can somebody search for that real quick? <laughs> Call me when Prince is on chat roulette. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, oh, here he is. You should check. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we all are internet enabled. We can we can check. Uh, you know what? I don't want to. <laughs> I don't think you should. The, uh, the purple paradise of Paisley Park uh, yeah. is, is not a place. I of, think this begs a, the larger question. Does Sheila E. have a... Oh. Instagram account. I mean, you're talking a Sheila about... Instagram account. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is so not a news story. I, don't know I agree. <laughs> but uh, you know, last time I was on with Paul, we <clears throat> talked about racism and yeah, you know, NWA and all this stuff, and now we're talking about Prince's Instagram account. I mean, uh, I could talk about future music coalition if you guys want. no no we'll no no no, no. Let's keep about this. it's fine <laughs> no but it was um yeah not really a news story <laughs> uh you guys ready to, this is gonna get tense i think you guys ready to talk about some music though let's do it okay don't promise things you can't deliver That is a Sapo Sapo Kanikan. Is that how you saw? Sapo Kanikan. Sapo Kanikan. Uh, Joanna Newsom uh, for her fourth album, Divers. Uh, also, much like the print, was her last album have one on me on your top ten, Paul? Um, I cannot remember. It is I high up there because we we discussed it, and I, I think my exact response was like, "What the actual fuck?" Yeah, at the time, but um. I did not go back into my top ten archives. To yeah, a little background if you haven't uh, it's in the cloud. If you don't have access to the internet right now uh, and haven't noticed this going on, uh, her main instrument is a harp, uh, and I, which no, I mean that's okay. Um, and she put out four albums, like we said at this point. Uh, she started out uh, a little more, I guess, traditional and whatnot. Uh, had the influences of people like Van Dyke Park, Steve Albini produced an album, Jim O'Rourke, Bill Callahan. Uh, she's hilariously outspoken on streaming services. They are uh, Spotify is the banana of the music industry. The banana, so, yeah. the banana of the music industry. So, by the way, I love bananas. So I don't know what that says. Um, Spotify is full of potassium. <laughs> uh, right now. She is the hottest thing in indie rock. Can we do we agree with this or mm, mostly? No, I don't know. I mean, you've been in Cambodia. 
So putting putting the term putting the term rock anywhere near her is uh, uh, indie music. Uh, indie music. Let's, let's but until next way. week when something else comes out, like well, it's been a few years since her last album. So yeah, she's getting some. She's well, and this is hype. sort of what I want to get into. I, I think uh, because you are uh, well, I'm I'm gonna take something off the table here because we're, we're I think we're gonna talk about some stuff a lot. Uh, this this album actually is a hard pass for me, and it is because of her voice, and and that is a common criticism. I, I don't you misogynist. I know, I but I, I don't want to I don't want to make that the focus of where we're just going in circles talking about her voice. So opens up to talk about some other stuff. But Paul, you you are a bigger fan of her than I think anybody else here. So uh, what is your take on her necessarily, and then maybe this we can start talking about this album. Well, first of all, let's let's clarify it with. Anyone else here? Because I'm nowhere near the fan that Eduardo is. <laughs> you aren't. Apparently. You aren't. So, Seriously. I, I want to make sure that everybody knows that Eduardo is Joanna Newsom's super fan number one. That said, um, I have liked all of her albums. Uh, I've been a fan since, I can't say I've been a fan since day one because she had two self released albums before right. uh, Milk Eyed Mender, but you know, ever since anybody knew about her other than people trading CDRs, um, I've, I've really enjoyed her. I actually. Even though I can recognize that later albums were more accomplished, I'm st- still go back and listen to Milk Eyed Mender more mm-hmm. than anything else. Uh, it's when I saw her live too, which was fantastic. I like her voice, and I like uh, the uh, the lyrical wordplay, even if it's um, maybe or maybe because it is a little bit ornate and formal, mm-hmm. which goes with uh, the like you pseudo <laughs> yes, <laughs> clearly. Should I do the rest of this in iambic pentameter? Yes, you should. Do it, do it in like old English. That I can't do. I don't remember my Canterbury Tales well enough. Um, but anyway, I can understand what you're, what you're saying about uh, about her voice. Mm-hmm. I think that's. I think it's kind of a gateway for her. I've played her music for people before, and if you like the voice, then you can see whether the rest of the uh, the rest of the work is enough of a hook to keep you in mm-hmm. there. If you just don't like her voice, I mean, it's like Getty Lee, you know? If you don't like Getty Lee's voice, you're never going to listen to the rest of Rush. Given the company, that so. is a very good example. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, it's a... Uh, for me, when you talk about something and, and are trying to, like, break something down or criticize it, or stuff, like, it has to work as a whole, and that always just makes it not work as a whole for me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I do recognize, like, some people do like that. But for me, it, it becomes another failure. And it's weird because uh, this is a type of music that, I mean, as fussy and a, as, like, super elitist, like, rich white folk music as this is, I mean, because it is. Um, it, is the, it is the most uh, uh, nose in the air of the indie music folk or whatever you're going to have she's clearly talented like clearly you don't do that you know and I, I see a lot of people like you know take saint vincent for example who a lot of people also call a genius and where i hear that i'm like yeah that's uh that's nah, well, why you got a dog on everybody i like dude well it's been established in 140 <laughs> episodes now why i got a dog on everybody like um you know, with this, uh, especially like knowing what I know about uh, making music, and we and we aren't a podcast that like goes into deep analysis or anything, but she's clearly talented. But it never, for me, comes together at 
all ever across any of her albums for a complete song. And I'm just every time I listen to it, I'm kicking myself like, why, 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 why? And then you all know my reaction to hype. And and people are like, she's genius. She's the best. And I, I I really think that it's because you can't get past that gateway issue. And but that's, I'm not. And I'm not. But look, I'm not saying you should be able to because if you have a visceral negative reaction to something when you hear it, then obviously everything else you think about it is going to be colored by that original negativity. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just don't know if there's much if there's much else to say for you right there because this it's good musicianship. Absolutely. Um, I it, think it, it's, it is almost uh, Disney rock musicianship, though, because it is off the map. Like you didn't need to do that, and you did that. To, like it's a show off. Oh, thing. I think it's. I think it's structurally interesting, actually. Sometimes. So I think the word you're throwing around, but not saying, is baroque. Maybe. Yeah, but the thing is, everybody has a different interpretation of that. Yeah. I think I think baroque, and I'm thinking back to like 17th century art. So it's. There's some she of might, that in here. She might use those instruments, but I don't think that it sounds like what you would be getting if you were recreating a Baroque music piece. No, and she's got, a, she's got a background, and it's very like multi-ethnic background as far as the music she's studied yeah. and everything. I don't know how well that works into it, but even on a subconscious level, like, and maybe that's the problem. And she's working with people you don't like either, like Longstreth. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like a perfect storm for you. Uh, yeah. Uh, Patrick, what do you got? Besides uh, lots of notes. I, there aren't that many notes on this because most of the time after the fourth song, I just turn it off. But uh, the... I have, amongst friends, my notorious uh, Joanna Newsom hater. A lot has to do with the voice, but a lot more has to do with the Baroque nature. In, it's not Baroque in the 17th century of the word, sense of the word, but it is Baroque in terms of there's a lot of specific details in each measure of her music, which can be both good and bad. I mean, I just, a lot of times, everything she does feels overstuffed to me or overpacked. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of room to breathe. And when people are like, well, Dylan has these crazy lyrics and a crazy voice, I'm like, yeah, but there's like it's something in between the verses where you get to catch your breath. And, and when Dylan does. Dylan does overstuff some stuff. Oh, he there, absolutely. Some, Look, some I'll be the first Dylan. person to say there's some bad Dylan albums. But what I struggle with besides the voice and I'm a big Tom Waits I'm a big Dylan fan I'm a big Kate Bush fan I love Frazee Ford people don't like her voice so I don't think it's that issue for me I think a lot of it has to do with sort of the sprightly baroque nature of some of the previous albums now that said I've been a notorious hater that said I made great efforts to try to listen to this as many times as time allotted before we did this uh I was gonna call it a deposition but it's really a podcast uh so been been working hard man yes i have so i will say this sepo canacan is the joanna newsom joanna newsom song i have ever liked the most interesting and i even like the um, like is a strong word i even can listen to the two songs after it and not get angry the rest of the album, especially the like second... Like is a strong word. Where are you coming down on this? <laughs> the second half of the album goes, reverts to me back to the sort of baroque sprightly, yeah. uh, whatever thing. So I, I actually think there are three... If you're not... A, this is one of the best things I'm going to say, and I'm going out of my way to try to be generous and thoughtful here. If you're not a Joanna Newsom, Joanna Newsom fan and you've had a block, I do think that tracks two through 
Poor on this mm-hmm. album are some of her most accessible work. And even though the lyrics are about Asimandias and Boss Tweed and some other crazy references, not all of which I get, I think that the rhythms and and, 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 gets them. and on Leaving the City, she even has almost like a rock chorus in there, which is right. sort of exciting. I wrote the I wrote the the phrase almost a rock song with two exclamation points. Um like there's something in there that is a little bit more to me interesting and gripping than some of the other stuff she's done that's very meandering. Maybe that's what I mean instead of baroque. Some of her other stuff can be very meandering. Yeah, and I, and I think that I think you did highlight the songs that are that have the most immediacy. I'll say because I like her stuff. I like some of the stuff that's more rambling. I think Divers is actually my favorite song on the album yeah. and that's the that's the single and that's 7 minutes long. Yeah. Um, and time is a symptom. I think is fantastic as well. And that's the last the song closer. is very interesting. So. Yeah. Um, the song I actually wanted to play because I found it very interesting because it found it. You know, she gets a lot of comparisons to uh, Joni Mitchell, obviously. Oh, I know you're gonna. Play. Um, and uh, this one played into that I think the most, and it's it's strictly a guitar thing, which honestly speaks to her skill and or at least the people she worked with, their instrumentation. Uh, that song's Goose Eggs, so uh, let's hear that real quick and then uh, get back, finish this up. What we build at the kiln that won't be still did not set well. The old bell of desire, like the vessels that we fire. And every season somebody bugs Start out taking turns Taking a bus to take a train And just plain bamboos Now the wind blows coals over the hills Honey, I've been paying my bills But honey, it's been a long time Since I've come to any
So goose eggs, um, that is specifically referencing Joni Mitchell, I think more so than the album on the thing. And it does it with the, that guitar sound, this sort of like bendy, country-ish guitar, mm -hmm. which Joni Mitchell, you know, her, her compositions are they're multimodal, weird jazz. Uh, she's a master of not just like the instrument she plays, but her voice and brings her location you know she's out in laurel yeah, canyon and whatnot right. into all this and you feel all of that so <clears throat> this is referencing that but i don't feel like like joanna newsom possibly has necessarily experienced this and i have no way of knowing but it feels like this genuine like a a, a filter through a filter of appreciation of Joni mitchell if that makes sense i don't know because i think that you have to there's a difference between saying that it's an appreciation of Joni Mitchell and saying that it kind of sounds like Joni Mitchell. Like, I don't think this is supposed to be a Joni Mitchell homage. So you're not coming from the same emotional no. place that Joni Mitchell but, is. But I will contextualize it like this. A lot of people, if a, if a female singer, and this is honestly sort of to address this article that we might talk about in a second. Uh, if a, if a female singer sings artfully or in a jazz way, a lazy person says she's like Joni Mitchell or blah, mm. blah. This actually is like doing what Joni Mitchell was and the way she explores Okay, stuff. but again, they're coming at it from a different place. Yeah. And there's no, there's no evidence other than sound that that's directly what she oh, was you're right. trying to reference. You're right. Or that her process is anywhere near the same. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but... Quit with your distinguishing the case. I mean, I think his larger point, is, and I appreciate you distinguishing the case, but <laughs> but but stick with, the talk with stick with the larger point here is that I think what's interesting about that song it it, it is she's too smart not to have consciously referenced right. Joni Mitchell in that Joni Mitchell in that song. But again, even if even if she is referencing her, like when you say it's a filter of a filter. That says something about process, and her, I think her process is more intricate. Joni Mitchell was more mm -hmm. was more immediate, mm -hmm. and she's taking a more academic well, approach to it. Also, so. what I mean by that is the effect that you have on that. You know, the filter of a filter is you end up with an extremely diluted product that isn't necessarily good. Hold on, but that but again, that's like saying a clone of a clone. It's like she's starting from a place and then iterating from right. it. I think she probably starts from her own stuff. And then figures out how she wants it to sound. And she probably, I'm certain she knows the comps that are going to be drawn, but that doesn't mean that she's starting from this song or sound that, that right. came before. Right. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a completely different product that happens to uh, sound a little bit like something else that came before. Yeah. What, what was your note on this, uh, Patrick? <laughs> well, uh, my original note was, uh, <clears throat> ah, it's probably not fit for prime time. My original note, the first time I heard it was, 
fucking organ and harpsichord, fuck you. Uh, but I have come to sort of appreciate this song, especially when the guitar... Is that Longstreth, whatever his name is, on this I would be one? shocked if it wasn't. Because it sounds like him, and it actually is quite warm towards the end, and there's parts of the end of this song that I sort of dig. But I to come back around to what Paul was saying, and to get even back to your point, I have a lot of respect for her intelligence her process her ability to just say i'm gonna be an artist and do whatever the fuck i want and i don't give a fuck and i'm gonna make yeah, my yeah. music i mean it's awesome that's awesome mad respect not 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 just to do that but to be able which i think to which, get away which, with which it. i do yes. i do i want to talk about that in a second yeah. but yeah just crazy levels of respect whatever i might feel about her voice i i i think she's tremendously interesting as like an indie persona and as somebody who is pushing boundaries no question am i going to put this on and listen to it very much no is it really intricate and baroque and overstuffed and like there's almost no just instrumental measures i mean she literally sings almost every measure of this album You're right which makes me insane yeah um, but that's just because I'm Western and whatever. I have some sort of bizarre paradigm that wants me to but have I, her rest. I, but but but, and, 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 but but to take five years and go and do this thing and be that smart and come up with these lyrics that are that esoteric and that referential and that smart and build in the harp and build in the guitar and build in the mellotron and and the harpsichord and all these other things. Like it, it's if you're into this or you're into her, you're gonna like this. Oh sure. I feel sort of like we. I felt when we talked about the Bjork album. If you're into Bjork, you're gonna like this album. If you're into Joanna Newsom, you're gonna like this. I think it's probably her most accessible piece of work, having listened yeah. to other Joanna Newsom albums. And, and a lot of people have said that. But I don't. For me personally, I'm still not going to. I'm just. I can't. It's. I'm not gonna ever be like go out of my way to put this on or go see her i'm just so, not so i want to talk about and i even like andy sandberg i just want to say <laughs> my wife is a big brooklyn 99 fan okay um so uh you know and i know i know paul you don't like to talk about stuff in these terms but but i do feel like in this case it is sort of necessary to talk about in these terms because the because we're three dudes talking about joanna no, newsom no because <laughs> when you um you talk about the complexity and stuff it is you should never – if you have to look at something, and this is clearly – and you may disagree, Paul. You probably will. If you have to look at something and really after looking at it, studying it, and you just can't get it, like my gut reaction is it's just not good. And it just didn't succeed in doing – because anything like that is supposed to connect with you. And – this doesn't connect with so many people, but then weirdly, uh, especially in the press right now, uh, it connects with some people as if like, if you don't think this is the most genius thing ever, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> and, uh, and it gets to the far as the article you sent out from the all is called the fragile ears of men, uh, that, that it's a problem with being a man. Well, okay, but come on. Now, th it's this not a is, good article. Let's just count that. Yeah, the article is not like, good. And it's not a good position. We, we, we earlier in this podcast, we're talking about like clickbait journalism. Like, yeah. if you can find but a, that's, but if you can find a hook, you're going to do that for anything that's going to draw you enough. That's going to draw you enough information. Any of us, if that was our business, if that's how we made money, could sit there and look like, 
okay, what's the story of the day? Right. What's an angle I can take on it that's going to get me clicks? Mm -hmm. That has nothing to do with the music. That has to do with well, but wait, the but that, but that really music. had a transcendent experience uh, seeing her live. And we're going to put I, a link. You read in there. the article and, and, and in Paul, detail. That's, and, and I've been trying to nuance this all day. So uh, to engage you in this is that that's the that's the thing is it's not just it's not just clickbait when you over and over and over and over say somebody is a genius. And you continuously ignore the fact that there's thousands of musicians that do exactly this. Some do it better, some do it worse, and you might not ever hear them. So, what is it about this specifically? And we don't—we're uh, not going to be able to answer this. But why her? But that's no different than what's happened with every artist forever. Maybe, just, maybe. I mean, like. Why the hell did uh, artists in the 15th century, did one get a patron and the other one didn't? Usually it's because uh, daddy knew somebody or the right guy happened to walk well, to the right church at the right time, you know? And when, when you spin it out like that, it's just whatever the state of the media is at the time. And here, I agree, there's a recursive effect. Yeah. Once people start saying someone's a genius, then you start feeling like you're on the outside if you disagree. And then there's the backlash market that comes from saying like, oh, I actually disagree with you, and it, people take sides. Yeah, you've got the uh, you've got the support, then you've got the backlash. You've usually got a smaller counter lash, and then the next thing comes in, and it's the same sequence. Just but she's faster. been held, but she's been held up over and over and over, and, and because she's good, Kevin. Like a lot of people actually <laughs> think she's good. It's not people going like, boy, I really think. That I think good that being she the key be word. Good. I, I, yeah, but I, I, good is subjective, man. But, but that's, but that's right. But that's what people were writing opinion and analysis pieces about. Like all of this is inherently opinion. There's no shortage of of pieces out there saying that she is the quote the best songwriter uh, of our generation. One of the best mm -hmm. that has ever existed. Yeah, and people say the same thing about Connor Oberst sometimes, you know? It's well, and, and Asher Roth and Asher Roth. <laughs> yeah. It just uh, 2 months from now someone's going to put out an album and they'll say that they're one of the best songwriters. Courtney Barnett was getting that earlier this year, you know? It Well, Courtney Barnett might And she's very good, but that's because you like her better. Like different people are going to say that right. and it's a it's a hook for an article, but people also genuinely believe it. And you know what? I think she is a good lyricist, okay. so I have no problem with it. If people want to go to hyperbole with it, eh, whatever. Be hyperbolic. I want to, Patrick. You look like you're going to say something, but I want to. So actually, in this all thing, basically the, the gist. Of, I'm the jerk who sent this article, but it was from my good friend Dan, yeah. who has similar music taste to you. Yeah, and you met Dan, who um, he said not to mention him because he hasn't absorbed this album yet. But he also is the person who I've most yelled at about Joanna Newsom. So. <laughs> uh, but in this article, I actually did something that nobody ever should do. I went to the comment section. Oh, no, <laughs> but but no, no. we're, we're going to do something nobody should ever do. No. Because to sum up, and again, you should read this article only for context of this conversation. Uh, but essentially, it, it was what we were talking about. Uh, if you don't like it, there's something wrong with you, specifically if you're a man and all this. And it was a very subjective experience by the author. The comment section sort of got into it and stuff, but... Uh, you know, there was some, um, you know, one that was about a class issue. That's not really that much, but this was actually my favorite. And this, uh, <laughs> just because it's, it's a uh, mic drop says, when I have listened to her music, I find myself laughing at how pretentious she is. 
If Bjork, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Yoko Ono mm-hmm. formed a band, they would still create music less comically pretentious. Mm-hmm. All, all Thank three you. of those people have made some pretty good Thank music. Thank you. Check out my ash. Yeah, but that's my point. You're but saying Gwyneth still... Paltrow has made good music? Absolutely. Tragic Kingdom's a fantastic album. What? Yeah. Paltrow. Oh, Paltrow. Sorry. Not Gwen Stefani. Yeah. Oh, Gwyneth Paltrow's terrible. I'm going to say, what are sorry. you talking about? All right, so... I was thinking musicians. So sorry, let me say this. That Wait, article... Is this comment suggesting that Gwyneth Paltrow was actually the the force behind Coldplay? No. Ooh. Uh, so if she was, uh, she's done even more. Yeah. Well, that's not. That's another podcast. That's my <laughs> new podcast called F Coldplay. Yeah. Uh, so um, I'll be on that podcast. I just <laughs> I just want to reiterate. I'm the one who forwarded that article as it was forwarded to me mm-hmm. as a as a notorious Joanna Newsom hater. And I, I will admit, I'm better on this album than I am on some of the others. But my issue when you read that article is it discounts the notion that there could be a... It literally discounts the notion that there could be a female who does not like Joanna Newsom's voice or Joanna Newsom. Now, when I played Sapo Kanakan, which I think is actually the best track on that album, mm-hmm. out loud in my house, a female who also lives in my house, who shall remain nameless and or identityless, said... What is that garbage? <laughs> so, oh, I'll, I'll I'll name it. Like I'll I'll name it here. Yeah. Same thing. Dari yeah. said, so, Dari so, said, so it's yeah, not no, a not. gender issue. I played Milkad Mender once in the car. That's the only time I've been allowed to play yeah. Joanna Newsom. So right. it's not it's not actually. <laughs> so it's, it's absolutely unless not a gender all issue. unless the three of us are such oppressive Western males that we only will be with women who are. Have bought into the, uh, or can we say have brilliant women, sir? Uh, yes. yes, or or who have brought in, have bought into the oppressive male Western ideology. <laughs> the issue is this: that article discounts the notion that those females could exist. It right. also falsely assumes that she has not gotten anything but praise from male critics, which is generally what she gets. In fact, she misquotes some people who yes. were praising them, and, and so I have an issue with that. Now, I will say this: I listened uh, two days ago. I listened to the sound opinions on this, which it's Siskel and Ebert, it's whatever. But Cot goes crazy for it, and Dee Vergata says something similar to how I feel. Secretly my spirit animal. Yeah, he says something similar to the, that I feel about this. It's overpacked, it's overstuffed, mm. there's too many ideas in here, there's too much, it's too Baroque, for lack of a better term. He doesn't say the word Baroque. And he says, I can't go there, I can't, this isn't what I want music to be. And whether that's male or whether it's Western or whether that's whatever it is, that's the reaction he has. And on some level, that's the reaction I've had to her is that it is, it's, it's just, there's so much effort and like, um, I don't know what the right word is, but attempt to show something on the, on the page, so to speak, that it just turns me off musically. And, and, and their disagreement is okay. And it's sort of kind of, I'm sort of, is somewhere in between, but I'm mostly right. on the De Regatta side. But it's a, I don't want to recommend another podcast on this podcast. No, but, sure. but it's kind of the same idea. We, we that ripped we're off their rating system, yeah. so no, might yeah. as well. And, and and they're great, and 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 it's interesting to hear them talk about it because, Cod, I'm, I'm. It is a great. It is a great podcast. Yeah, yeah. Like Cod, I'm about like seventy percent on. But anyway, yeah, Cod likes everything. I know. Um, He's so, very generous. So where are you going to land on this? What Me? are you doing? Yeah. I'm going to pass. I mean, I'm never going to listen to this album again. I might, if I'm desperate for a song on a on a Spotify mix, put Sapo Kanakin on it. Oh, wait. She's not on Spotify. I will never probably listen to the song yeah. again. So 
Also, let me say, as a huge Paul Thomas Anderson fan, the video for this song that everyone likes, it's not very good. Except now, that they now Paul's except that they you. time the end of it with an ambulance police thing in New York, which is sort of interesting. But everything Paul Thomas Anderson has done is awesome. Oh, except I for mostly agree. Except wrong. <laughs> I wait, wait, wait. Let's go there. So let's segue. No, I, I don't. Even, I think we've no, already this, gone over this, an hour. This on is this literally podcast. another podcast. Yeah. And you want to know what our G chats look like? That yeah. Well, but Inherent Vice is one of my favorite books okay. of the last ten years, and I hated the movie. Right. Anyway. Wrong. Oh no, the okay, movie's right. not good. So There's you're no gonna, momentum. So, so you're gonna pass. Paul, what and I love do? Paul Thomas Anderson. Well, I already bought the album, so oh. bye. Well, there you go. You're gonna buy. Uh, I also am gonna pass. Uh, and but I am going to wait. Uh, I hope someday she turns out something that I find acceptable. I guess. Uh, and uh, and also I, I know Marion McLaughlin might be listening to this. Honest opinion. I think she made a better album. But yeah, that's okay. that's neither here nor there. So that track you just heard, uh, Why Does It Shake, is off the Detroit band, uh, band's band from Detroit, <laughs> uh, Proto Martyr, uh, their new album, The Agent Intellect. Uh, it's their third album. The last one was Under Color of Official Right. Uh, that got all the press, including from Paul. I, I would like to say they got the Junkie Glasses bump, us being the 23rd most influential music. Blog oh, that's blog. absolutely right. With yeah, a bullet. Yeah. With, with a bullet. bullet. Although we still have not reached uh, 22. Thank you, Future Birds. I'm blaming that on you now. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they formed in, in, in Detroit, like I said, in 2008. Um, this is, uh, if, if you were to read about them, it's, it's post-punk mixed with garage rock. Uh, sounds of like The Wire, The Fall, or Wire, excuse me. The Fall, Interpol, uh, and, I, and I'll actually toss in The National. Uh, heavy Agree, National. yeah. Uh, this is not, and tossing that in, it is not a recipe for success for me liking this album. Um, the original name of the band was Butt Babies. Oh, I like that. Make of that what you will. <laughs> um, uh, this album is also, much like Joanna Newsom, and this is why this ties into whatever I edit together of that initial conversation. Oh, uh, no. it, it ties into uh, our, our conversation about you know the role of press and what we're doing and stuff. It, this is Chris Richards just today put his list out of best new music of this month. Proto Martyr, I think, was number three. Uh, there is a, uh, I guess I'll start with this, uh, you know, and I'll start with like, I don't like the National. And I don't like the National for a very specific reason uh, because it mixes a, a very, uh, to my mind, dangerous mix of like, I still want to rock, dude, bro, but I want to be sensitive. When it comes time for the ladies, bro. And, and, and what, what does that sound like, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> 
God damn. You almost had me. I was like... <laughs> it is also, if you have listened to this podcast, uh, well mentioned, never recorded, I can do a mean national. A Matt, Matt Berenger? Yes. yes. Oh, I, so, God damn. There is a we tape of it somewhere out there. there. But... <clears throat> But I don't hold that against any band who, who wants to try that. And, you know, to be clear, the National sleeps on the aforementioned mountains of panties and money. So, you know, what does my opinion matter for any of this? But uh, for Proto Martyr, I think they're being, uh, you know, held up as this. Uh, I, I want to say I saw Saviors of Rock, bad music journalism or whatever. Uh, there is on this album, I know, Paul, you are a little. Not as plussed as on the last album. This it. Let's start with the term revisionist music. Okay. We're talking about Joy Division. There's a lot yeah, of Joy there's Division. There's a lot of Joy Division. That was, and we're talking about Joy Division. So let's let's, let's start from there. Um, what is this? And either of you can can start no, no. on this. What 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 is this? <laughs> what what is this like? Hit in you that you're like. This is rock and roll, man. Well, I want to step back from it for a minute because you're right that I don't like this album nearly as much as I liked Under Color of Official Right. Like, mm-hmm. the thing that really got me about that, even though, yeah, you could see the, even there, I think this sounds a lot more Joy Division than that album did. Um, oh, this is, yeah, this straight is up Joy Division. But, but even, Division. you could, it, it was post punk revivalism, mm-hmm. but. It was post-punk revivalism of a very local sort. They were talking about Detroit. They were talking about politics. It was very raw. It was sloppy. It felt immediate and of the moment. Yeah. It felt like they really had something to say. This album... Much like, honestly, the Nationals album Alligator. Okay. Uh, this album, to me, felt like something Felt like something that they felt like they should be saying. Like, okay, we made our... We made our statement that we slapped out that we slapped out quickly and we had to get it out. So what do you do next? You try to make the big statement because now people are expecting something of you. Right. And I think that this one fell a little flat. I think there's a little even well even as we're saying, Oh, it sounds like this, it sounds like that, I think there's tonal inconsistency throughout the album. I think mm-hmm. there's some there's some good songs. I don't think that there are a whole lot of outright bad songs, but it doesn't to me it doesn't cohere into anything uh larger than these individual parts um and i maybe it's because i was expecting too much uh especially straight on the heels of an album that just came out last year but yeah it's uh and they're getting props for that as if that's something magical like they put out an album a year ago and it's like it's great well we 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 have insulted artists for taking too long no we we advocate for it but it, it, it shouldn't be something special right but it's uh not but at the same day. time, they're trying to yeah. make they're trying to make a big statement here, and it came, it doesn't. I, I don't think the album feels rushed. It just doesn't feel like they had anything that they needed to say. Just something that they felt like they should say. Yeah, Patrick, what you got? All right. Well, so my first exposure to the album was not to bring it back to sound opinions through caught saying mm-hmm. i saw these guys at South by Southwest. Oh, so cut, I, cut loves them. He loves them. He's an evangelist. So I I listened to the previous album and it didn't do much for me mm-hmm. i think this and it's going to sound ignorant because i haven't listened to the previous album as much but i think this is actually to me a leap forward songwriting wise but energy wise and sort of point of view wise maybe not 
And so maybe that's the interesting part. I mean, I think part of what Proto Martyr trades in mm -hmm. is you talking about a band. The lead singer is at least as old as me. Mid thirties. Uh, yeah. So he's trading in something that is just sort of a middle age sort of bitterness, lack of something in a in a city that is rapidly decaying. And part of what's interesting about the band is they are from Detroit, and songs like. Uh, Dope Cloud, <laughs> which is which is actually the song we're gonna play. Yeah, seems to be about the decay of Detroit in yeah. a way to me. So, and Pontiac '87 has a very specific mm -hmm. point of view, and so that part of it I I find very interesting. I I actually think, and then I had similar reaction to you. I think it sounds like a little bit like the National. I wrote um, very depressed strokes first album, like <laughs> like just a really depressed version of this is it. I had uh, Joy Division written down. I had The yeah. Fall written down. I had Per Ubu written down. I mean, if you like those bands, you're probably going to like this. I actually think overall, though, um, it's pretty good. I mean, it's the drumming is, I think the drumming is the backbone of this album. And I think it's not like Glenn Kochi. Tim oh, I, I wish Adam were here right now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's not Glenn Kochi sort of like timpanist stuff but like it's solid rock drumming and part of what's solid about it is it repeats patterns really consistently that's joy division though and, and, but that is joy division that's and, right and somebody can't like play the drums were shit though like I, I that's actually what turned me off oh really is the drumming i was just like no this is not this is not working and turn me off as a whole and it's it's funny because uh the uh Singer Joe Casey, yeah, and he writes a lot about his mother, and, and I, actually we can talk about Hold Steady too, because this gets into a it's lot got of the some stuff. Hold Steady that, angles, that, yeah. That, I think uh, Dope Cloud sounds a lot at some points like Hold Steady, maybe no, mm. um, but every time I've listened to this, I, I find myself being like, "Wow, that's just kind of lazy rock and roll." It's not, uh, and I had a more of that reaction in the previous album where I went. There's spaces in here where this is just not tight. Okay. Uh, I didn't feel that as much on this album, but there are poor. You played "Shake," whatever it's called, "Shake That." Uh, why does it shake? Which why is does which it is shake? the first single? To me, the breakdown in the middle of that song just seems superfluous and really not justified, uh, and it kind of made me mad. So, like, there are portions of this where I do feel like it's. I don't know if the word is lazy, but just something else and if if you don't like someone sing talking at you you are not going to like this album like, <laughs> no you're not going to if you're That's in a fair. really good mood you're not going to like this album but like it kind of has a very haunting i think like any sort of good punk it's about alienation a lot of it and about not being understood and the struggle to be understood or, or the, the disappointment with not being understood. Which is an excellent point. Let, let's play a Dope Cloud okay. and then come back to that point. Right. Uh, so this is Dope Cloud off of uh, Proto Martyrs, the Agent Intellect. Agent Intellect knocks and says again, again, again The song mine races game The spoils of the pizza king That's not gonna save a man Save. 
right? That's not going to save you, man. Right? Right? Yes. Who's done Joy Division this well since Joy Division? Interpol on Turn on the Interpol. Yes. Anybody else? They're the ones. And it's one album because the other albums yeah. are shit. I mean, I think that they're playing. I think it's a tough game when you're playing that. And it's because not just because of Interpol, but because of the whole like post-punk revival in New York in yeah. the early 2000s right. was huge. Strokes. Yeah. So and now, holds a very big place in your heart, correct? It does. Absolutely. Because yeah. I was living in New York at the time. And right. I, and I was going to see a lot of these shows. Um, but it also holds, you know, for for as nebulous a term as it is now, like indie rock folks, like that's what a lot of folks who are making music now were kind of coming of age at. And the and the generation before was coming of age during Joy Division and yeah. some of the other some of the other bands there in the in the 80s that were making the same kind of sound. So now you've got a couple generations. You've had an influential movement and then an influential revival of that movement. And so right. if you're replicating that sound, you better have something new to say or all you're gonna get are the uh, are the cross references back. Or or do you? And this this brought a amazing moment of self-actualization you know what i was talking about like the filter to the filter and the filter uh what if you just don't have that context like i like i i know chris richards not to call him out i know chris richards does and i know a lot of other people that are writing like about this band that are very like very praiseworthy do what if you don't but then, then it's going to be great, and it's going to. But right. that, that's a great right. thing for for a teenager right now that hears this. It might blow their mind, and the great thing is that then they're going to go like they're going to go look back and be like, "What influenced these guys?" They're going to hear Joy Division, and then they're going to hear Interpol, and they're going to hear the Strokes' first album, and they're going to be like, "Oh wait!" And it's going to be an it's going to be an intro to music history, and I think that's how a lot of us get our music history. You hear something that's contemporary, and yeah. then you find out that that sounded like something and then you listen to the thing it sounded like and you branch off from there. So just like everything else that's a revival of something or a modification of something, which is to say everything, mm -hmm. it will, it'll be a jumping off point for somebody and then they'll make a band in 10 years. That'll... Uh, it's, all, it's all the cycle. Lot, man. Bands influenced by the national just... Uh, Nothing. Nothing really ends, Kevin. <laughs> you know, we we keep being able to drop uh, Battlestar. Saying it's like all this has happened before. All this will happen. <laughs> so say we all. So say we all. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys uh, both like the song Ellen, though. I mean, because there is some. Uh... This album sort of bores me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, that, look, that's, that should be no surprise. Like, I, I know the context. And that, that's why I brought that up, because, like, I, I know the context. And I'm like, eh, you know, I heard it. And, and honestly, a lot of Joy Division bores me. What? I, I'm oh, not a on, huge man. Joy. I'm an okay Joy Division. Dude, I'm kind of like. But, yeah. but there is a lot of, uh, on, on the last album and this album, I mean, you can criticize this guy's delivery, you can criticize the band's delivery and stuff, but, I mean, the guy is talking about some personal stuff. Right? <laughs> also, if you're coming from from the point of view of Joy Division bores me, then, like, no, no. iterating so, off of an iteration no. of Joy Division is not going to I think Yes, if, if Joy me. Division bores you, do not listen to this. <laughs> I don't album. think I've ever Turn been as... Turn off this podcast wait, let me, now. let's rephrase it. I don't think I've ever been as 
depressed as anyone that is in Joy Division, and that's okay, part so of that's why. Fair enough. Yeah, like it just sort of. I go, ah, these are kind of good songs. But I mean, and I, and I don't believe hearing this that any of these guys are depressed. I just think they're. But and yeah, I, I think, you know what? I'll, I'll actually contextualize this further. Uh, I watched The Crow recently because I was <laughs> because I was starring left- Ben Lee. Huh? Or Jason Lee, J- or whatever his name is. Uh, Not Jason <laughs> Lee. <laughs> whatever his name is. The crew is starring Jason it's Lee. Lee right? it's, it's a, uh, Brandon Lee. Brandon Lee. It's a very different movie. Yeah. Jason um, Lee is starring in it. And, and this is what happens when I'm left alone and the lady is out of town. And Dude, that's a good use of your time. Wait, is she not here tonight? No, she is. She, oh, she's going to be home. But, oh. uh, but this was this weekend. Just uh, kidding. And, and so watch, watch The Crow, and it held up. But realized how many people I, I thought about like being in Richmond. How many people? Because the goth movement was big in Richmond, even yeah. like you know ten years ago. How many people were so heavily influenced by that? And and how like to my mind, I'm like yeah, whatever. And so, but proof that it's still this is this is uh, not strictly goth, but definitely takes you down, man. <laughs> like um, it's definitely in a vibe that I'm sort of generally not in at this point in my life and i had so to turn it, it off some... in in the car the other day because it was just making me angry because i was like i'm not i don't want to feel this depressed which so i guess to put Marner's credit you you affected me i think it's alienation as much as it is anything yeah. but yes but, but a lot of it is about not being understood and what i to segue back into the song ellen what's what I like about the song Ellen is there is this glimmer of hope in the middle of this or the end of this album about he will wait, he will wait, he will. Hope is the cruelest trick of all. Yeah, and it hurts even more. And that's part of what I kind of liked about that song is that within the pastiche of this album, it raised it to mm-hmm. something other than just like alienation and depression. It, right. It, it, it amplified both of those things by sort of suggesting this hope that was probably false. But yes. So I sort of agree with you. It's hard for me to connect with some of this. And I didn't mm-hmm. get quite as angry as you might have. <laughs> I think, yeah, no, I, to, to be clear, I don't get angry about any of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I get frustrated. Yeah. Uh, and um, do I think it deserves an 87 on Metacritic? No, or whatever the score is. What did it get on Pitchfork? The Kanye uh, Nast publication. Above eight. 8.2. Yeah. See, and that's why this ties into the beginning conversation and Joanna Newsom. If this is the best, I mean, this is, again, this whole podcast is like my opinion, minus <laughs> you guys. If this is the best we have to hold up, then this is no good. Well, but 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 hold that, on for a that's second. a separate criticism. Hold that's on. a separate criticism. But there are there are also like. There are probably a hundred albums this year that got over an, that will get over an eight from Pitchfork. Right. There's a lot of metal that's okay. going to get over well, an eight actually, that I'm never going to listen to. I don't need to say that anymore because we did the Pitchfork yeah, podcast yeah, and we were like, fuck you. This is like, you should not pay attention but to But it's not just Pitchfork. I mean, this album and right. the Joanna Newsom album are generally getting very, very positive right. reviews. Well, well, let's finish up this album. <laughs> uh, Paul, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to stream it. I really came into it hoping for a buy, but I just can't bring myself that far. So you're disappointed, just so I got it. I'm disappointed because I'm sort of pleasantly surprised by how much. I'm still gonna. I'm still looking forward to whatever to whatever they do next. But it's. uh, I had expected something more based on their last album. Hmm. Patrick, 
I can't pass because there's at least, you know, it's the college rule. There are two or three songs that I actually like on air for the most part. So I uh, I would have to say stream, but I would not call it a hard stream. I'll pluck the two or three songs I like and I'll stick them on something and then I'll never listen to it again. As is your custom. Yes. but I But I do... By that, I mean the difference between sort of a soft stream and a hard stream. It's not like something I'm going to come back and put on a long car ride. I'm just not. Yeah. So, yeah. I would uh, I would love to pass, but I can't, sort of for the same reason. Uh, I do like that song, Dope Cloud. Uh, and I do want to see them uh, turn into a band that puts out, although I think they're headed more towards the national. I bet they're very good live, I must say. I mean... The the I or I, they're going to be very loud and intense. I hope live. so because this is, I mean, I say stream, but this album literally bored the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was the monotonous tone. It, it just kept going and going. It's like at some point you stop caring about what a person is saying. And uh, but we'll see. Album number three. I mean, what their album of the year now? There you go. Maybe it'll come out in six months. <laughs> <laughs> Two months. Come on, step it up, Proto Martyr. And it will be called Genius. So Ryan Adams left three more albums by then. <laughs> I think Ryan Adams is doing a cover of this, right? <laughs> Straight up cover. All right, so there you go, uh, Joanna Newsom, uh, Proto Barner. Um, all actually, I said it in the comments. Who, who are you going to go see? Any of those? Both? Out of these guys? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go see both. Are we, are we giving it the live test? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I haven't I haven't seen Joanna Newsom live in a decade, so I, I would be curious to see what she sounds like since her sound has changed. You saw her first at Bonnaroo in a, at haze, Bonnaroo. In a haze of. No, it was actually one of the first shows I saw. She was playing, uh, she wasn't very big at the time, so she was playing like a Friday, like 1 p.m. show at Bonnaroo, right. and it was awesome. I'll take your word on it. Yeah, and if somebody wants to take me to join me some more, I will try it out. Um, uh, but as usual, we, we like to play a track every week uh, at the end of this thing. Sometimes it's local, uh, sometimes it's not. Uh, this time it is. Uh, we're going to play, be playing a track by a uh, band name, by the name of Lou Ray. Uh, that is one Shannon Carey. Uh, her brother, S. Carey. Look it up. No need to say that. Uh, but they are a uh, uh, sort of a collective of people. I think there's between three and five people in the band at any given time. Uh, they have a new EP coming out called Sandcastle Man. Uh, this track we're going to play actually premiered on the bluegrass situation, uh, but it is a uh, sort of a, a nice little meditation on, on mood and whatnot. So uh, they have a show coming up with fellow creatures, as I mentioned up front, on the 8th of November. And uh, so we'll just play the track.
All right, so that's uh, Luray, Sandcastle Man, the album. I uh, don't have the release date in front of me, but I will have it in the show notes. Uh, but more importantly, you can see them at Six and I with Fellow Creatures on November 8th. Uh, I will be there, so hopefully you will be there too. Uh, gentlemen, thanks to you for <laughs> coming down and no problem. braving the, I don't know, whatever we did tonight <laughs> it's weird to get back to like doing this after doing like interviews for like a bunch of weeks in a row because it's a very different thing but uh your perspective has changed we'll get back well yeah that too uh, we'll get back in the vibe uh so that's it for this podcast this week uh we will talk to you next week and in a few short weeks hopefully if it works out i don't want to jinx this uh you heard us talk about phil cook and you also heard future birds talking about us talking about them so you might get to hear phil cook talking about us about them so uh, we'll see but uh seven days uh, as always uh, be good to your be better your people and we will see you in a few <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!